Welcome to the Friday Night Ohio podcast powered by Sarda. I'm Cliff Hickman of the Canton Repository, along with Joe Scalzo and Mike Popovich of the Rep. And we're wrapping up Friday night, week three, gentlemen. And the first thing we're going to start with is the Federal League. They had some mixed results last week. This week, things looked a little bit better. Except for one, and that was the one Joe Scalzo was at. It was still an exciting game. Euclid defeated McKinley 49-48. What happened down the stretch there, Joe? Well, you know, it looked like McKinley was going to rally from a two-touchdown deficit. They they um, they scored to, to pull within one with about a minute five seconds left. They go for two, which was the right decision, I think. And and uh, they ran a, a pass play, rolled out to the right, it got knocked away. I think I think you know as I was jogging out of the stadium everybody that was that I could hear was just talking about why they didn't run the ball there because they had had so much success running it I think they had over 400 yards rushing tonight so um but you know they, they recovered the inside kick they looked like they were going to go down and score and, and it just didn't work out that way but it was a really fun game and uh, as a fun stat um that was the only the second time in McKinley history that they had lost when scoring at least 40 points and the other one was um, the hundredth game against Maslin in '94, and that was an overtime game. So, really rare, but uh, you know, two really good offensive teams, and and uh, you know, McKinley kind of showed all their strengths and weaknesses tonight. And what is the status of Lemire Garrett? There was a scary moment involving him where you tweeted he was carried off the field at one point. Yeah, he, and I don't know what what the injury was. I didn't have a time to to ask, but he was back in like the next series. He looked fine. He he was, you know, a dominant rusher. So, you know, obviously he is, he is the key to their season so far though their quarterback elijah wesley is a a really really talented runner um he's still kind of figuring things out um from the other aspects of the game and and uh but you know those guys were were you know just unstoppable tonight and um they you know they just have some defensive issues they need to work out uh you know the rest of the season or you know as they head into federal league play next week but um you know euclid's got some really good players so it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a bad loss and uh, that was it for the bad news as far as the Federal League went. Everybody else uh, seemed to win tonight. We had Mike Popovich. He was over at Jackson where the Polar Bears defeated Boardman 49-14. to Yeah, we were done and dusted pretty quick. I'll, t- I'll give you an indication of how quick it was. I had a story written, and I was driving past Tom Benson Stadium during the McKinley two-point conversion. So, yeah. <laughs> We were out of the way uh, really fast here. Um, yeah, it was a great performance by the Polar Bears. You know, Tim Budd had said uh, last week when they lost to Mayfield that his team got bullied in that game. And that's kind of a clear message to you, you know, if your coach says that, you know, uh, you know, going into this game, you know, Polar Bears, you know, had to show that they weren't going to be pushed around uh, two straight weeks. And, you know, from the get-go, first drive of the game, uh score touchdown, gain big chunks of yardage. Uh, they score in their first seven possessions of the game. It's 42-7 to seven at halftime, running clock, whole second half. And, uh, you know, even, you know, toward the end of the game where, you know, Boardman's trying to punch a touchdown in, 
you know, Jackson's defense is able to stop them, you know, as time's running out. So uh, it was a great response uh, for the Polar Bears. Well, the master motivator, Coach Bud, he always seems to know which buttons to press, Joe. I, I would just like to complain because uh, my game ended at 10.02 that you got to, you got your story written that fast. Um, as exciting as that game was, it, it's amazing to me how, how long um, – every every high school football game is almost unless it goes a running clock i mean i one of our designers said that just about every winner tonight scored at least 30 points so um and yeah i mean obviously i didn't see that that jackson score coming but that's a huge response because i mean i don't think this is a great boardman team but anytime you beat boardman by that much that that really that, that really says something and uh, talking about how long Joe's game was, Northwest had a 30-minute lightning delay. It still finished before Joe's <laughs> game tonight. Uh, um, the Indians were winners there. The, the other thing is, uh, I think Glen Oak was the only Federal League team that lost today. They lost to Fitch. But, you know, you look, and, and Green was really giving Louisville a great game. Yeah, we're going to talk about that later. It's one of three yeah. games we got going on tomorrow. Uh, not enough time to get it in tonight with the weather moving through the area. Yeah, but that I mean, before we we'll talk about that later. But that's that's an impressive showing for the Federal League, and, and you know I think most people thought you know Green was an underdog in that game, so we'll talk about that more. But you know, good good night for the Federal League. Yeah, how could I leave out the bad news for Glen Oak? It kind of slipped my mind there, Joe. <laughs> that's okay. I'm sure they, they they you know they're they're kind of working out some things. They have some players, but um, it's yeah. a tough schedule. Yeah, and other action tonight. Hoover defeated John Adams 59-26. Lake over Copley 43-9. Perry over Naperville North and Illinois 35-13. Anything to take away from those? Um, I think it's just, you know, I think Lake's defense came up big again. I mean, Copley's kind of down a little bit too, but, you know, that's been the storyline for them, and that's usually where their good teams are. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the Cleveland John Adams game. I'm sure Hoover would would have preferred to play anybody else. Yeah, that was kind of one of those. And and the same thing with Naperville. I mean, sometimes you just having to fill a, a you know a game and get some home revenue. So um, that's probably what you see from some of those games. We're going to move on in just a moment. First, we'd like to remind you that the Friday Night Ohio podcast is powered by Sarda. Sarda, providing over 5,000 rides a day for work. Sarda provides over 2.4 million rides a year. Sarda takes you to work, school, medical appointments, and more. Sarda, where can we take you today? And Mike Popovich, we're going to take a look at some other scores from around the area. Some pretty surprising stuff. St. Thomas Aquinas defeated Claymont 31-2. You mentioned it earlier in the week. First 3-0 start for the night since 2014. Yeah, it wasn't a big surprise that uh, you know Aquinas was able to go down to Uricksville uh, and get a win uh, in this game. Um, you know, a, a big night for Asian Bird. He uh, he returned three punts uh, for touchdowns in the second quarter. So the key for future St. Thomas Aquinas opponents is don't punt the ball to Asian Bird because he's probably going to he's probably going to hurt you really bad. And he he hurt the Mustangs bad as. Uh, um, 
Aquinas was able to roll to the victory. You know, his his five punts totaled 244 yards. He uh, he caught a touchdown pass from Alex Hawkins, and uh, you know he's been uh, he's been a great addition uh, for the Knights this season. Yeah, the Knights, one of the probably the would you say the biggest surprise in the area thus far? Yeah, I don't think people. A lot of people probably thought that they would be three and zero at the, at this point, but um, you know now they uh, they go in. Uh, uh, to into next week's uh, rivalry game against uh, uh, a Central Catholic team who was uh, who was a surprising uh, suffered a surprising big defeat tonight against South Range thirty three nothing thirty three zero South Range Raider defense picked off Austin Beck three times uh, we thought that might be a close game I don't think anyone saw that result coming no I didn't see uh, I didn't see that result coming uh, at all especially you know Central last year. Uh, Playing South Range on the road, uh, it was uh, it was an overtime game that South Range was able to pick up the victory, and uh, you know what a tale of two weeks for Central Catholic. Um, you know, or when you even look at the start of the season, they play Perry really tough, uh, go down to defeat in that game, and then and then last week they rolled past Norway in thirty five to nothing. I don't know if you know a lot of people would have expected that big of a victory for them over Norway. And now, uh, you know, now they're going to really have to regroup because, uh, you know, coming off this performance uh, and, and again, going into uh, a game against their rival, they're going to have to, uh, they're going to have to rebound quickly. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see which central team shows up for that game because as you, you've seen, they can pile up a lot of points when they're on and when they're off. Well, things don't go so well. Another kind of surprising one, we thought Rootstown might win this game, but I don't think anyone had Rootstown 31, East Canton 0. No, I didn't see this coming either. Uh, you know, the Rootstown um, – East Can played Rootstown tough last year. Uh, I kind of thought they would give them a good game going to this season, uh, going into this week's game. But, uh, um, you know, that wasn't the case. And, you know, here's another uh, situation where, uh, you know, that's two straight defeats for uh, East Canton. And I, I can't remember uh, I can't remember the last time East Canton has lost two games in a row off the, off the top of my head. I, I really don't know. So, you know, a uh, a lot of these guys who've uh, experienced success, uh, you know, in the past, uh, now they're facing a little bit of adversity. Um, it was the case last year uh, when they uh, when they lost to East Canton or when they lost to Rootstown, not by this much, but uh, you know they were able to make a good run in the IBC and get back to the playoffs. So uh, uh, we'll see uh, if that's the case for the Hornets this year. Man, just one other one. Uh, Maslin kept on rolling tonight. They defeated Warren Harding 49-7. to uh, Warren Harding actually started that game with a 7-0 lead, and then Maslin scored 49 straight points to to take that one. Yeah, and I mean, I, I saw Warren Harding in, in week one. They they lost to McKinley. I thought they looked like a, you know, probably a borderline playoff team, a, maybe a middle-of-the-road Federal League team, and so you're always kind of gauging, you know, okay, they gave, you know, McKinley a good game and, and lost down at the end, and then Maslin obviously comes in and just, you know, blows them out at, you know, third straight blowout win, and, and I mean, it's looking more and more like, you know, 
this Maslin team is, you know, just as good maybe as, as the last year's one. And, and certainly you're looking, you know, Hoban lost, I think, to – they I don't know. They did lose they to St. Ignatius. Yeah. They had a massive lead in that game and just fell apart in the second half. Ignatius comes back to win it yeah. late in the fourth quarter. I think they led by as many – it was it was a 20-plus point lead. It was kind of surprising. Yeah, and I mean, you know, last year Hoban was able to beat Ignatius with their backup quarterback. So, you know, maybe this, this Hoban team isn't quite as powerful. Powerful. So I think people at Maslin are are not just keeping an eye on on McKinley and and maybe the other teams they're playing, but they're, they're keeping one eye on that Hoban you know team that they might have to play again in the you know this time it'll be in the in the regional level. Absolutely, and we're going to come back and take a look at the Eastern Buckeye Conference in just a moment. First, though, I'd like to remind you that the Goodwill Drive to Victory returns for a second season. Donate stuff, help your school help your community our community and we'll have more details on where the goodwill drive to victory will be showing up next week and right here on the cantonrep.com page we have a podcast called tales from the rep morgue well it was tales from the eastern buckeye conference morgue tonight unfortunately only one winner canton south got got its first victory of the season they defeated akron north 36-0 they held north to just 22 total yards tyler karavik had two rushing touchdowns cole birch had a punt return for a touchdown and he had an interception on defense akron north has lost 45 straight games now the the only other longer well not longer the only other losing streak coming close to that in the area unfortunately is minerva we thought they might have a chance in this one beaver local kind of ran away with this one right from the start they win 45 to 12 and also the the two schools you thought we're probably still going to vie for the conference crown. You've got Marlington falling to New Philadelphia, forty-nine to twenty-two. Uh, Duke's hung tough early, couldn't keep up in the second half. Chardon defeated Alliance, thirty-five to zero. Lightning moved through the area. They actually waved that game off at the half. And finally, Struthers 32, West Branch 12. West Branch falls to 0-3 on the season. Kind of unfamiliar territory for them. Did Salem play tonight? They, was, was that uh, – I think they won. Or they played East Liverpool? Uh, they were – we consider them kind of outside the yeah, area. So the it's not something I uh, keep an <laughs> eye on real close. So um, Salem, may, maybe they won, maybe they didn't. I'm I'm not sure. The, the, the thing that sticks out to me, I mean, well, they had two kind of showcase games for the league, and that was the new Philadelphia-Marlington game and the Chardon Alliance game, and obviously they're both losses. But, you know, if you're Marlington and, and Alliance, the, the beauty of that, of the EBC, is that if you take care of business, you know, the, potentially that those losses don't really hurt you. I mean, they might, you know, give a lower seed for the playoffs. But, I mean, I wonder how much just – you know, if, if they take care of business over the next seven weeks, uh, you know, how are they looking, Cliff? Well, that's interesting. I think maybe it means more for Alliance to start one and two. Is now they've moved up in Division Two. They're in that same region you talked about with the Maslins and Hobans of the world. Uh, points are at a premium. You wonder if, you know, a start like that, maybe even if they do run the table, uh, holds them out of the playoffs. So that's something they have to, unfortunately, start thinking about at a pretty early point in the season. 
the, the other thing, I mean, I mean, I think a lot of us coming in thought maybe this would be Minerva's night. We thought maybe Canton South is down. I mean, you know, Canton South, I know Akron North is bad, but it's a nice win for them. And and so, you know, they go into next week's game a little bit momentum. But to me, the, the, the Canton South-Minerva game probably has a little bit more attention than, you know, it would most years just because a lot of people are, th- are seeing that as a potential win for, for Minerva. Uh, could be. I don't know. Canton South, I mean, you looked at, we talked about all the injuries they had this week torn at Chile's they had a flu bug going around they've lost guys left and right and they somehow still come out with a big win so I yeah that'll that'll probably be a really good game I don't think you can easily put a check mark in the win column for Minerva though I think that'll that'll probably be very much up for grabs no, I was going to throw out another game, not necessarily in the in the EBC here uh, that uh, that happened tonight. Uh, uh, Sandy Valley uh, goes to three and zero in the season uh, with a forty eight six win over Tusky Valley, and you know I think one thing we're seeing from Sandy Valley this season is uh, you know uh, you know Cameron Blair earned uh, all Ohio honors last year because of his throwing ability, and now he's uh, now he's really becoming a multi-dimensional uh, player for the Cardinals. Uh, uh, he rushed for over 100 yards again in this game. So, uh, and uh, you know, Sandy Valley came back uh, after they fell behind early. So uh, this was a this was a rare uh, IVC game that didn't count in the IVC standings because both teams are in different divisions, and you know, it's a rivalry game. But uh, you know, six more touchdowns combined throwing and running for Cameron Blair tonight if we did the old Stark County high school fantasy football thing we did about a decade ago I think Cameron Blair might be your first round pick yeah and uh, we'd probably have to fight amongst ourselves to see who we would who would get that first round pick I would be fighting to stay out of the fray when it comes to high school fantasy football it sounds like a recipe for uh, disaster the number one pick goes to whoever finished with the worst record in the picks last year which well, probably was me so uh, well I finished middle of the pack that's where I go and that's where I like to be unlike Joe Scalzo who leads the pack over there but I lost to Jim Thomas last year I don't, I don't have a chance to, to you know avenge that defeat because he retired he, he went out on top yeah. that's why you're not who you're not hearing his voice because he's not here anymore which is really unfortunate because no one could analyze a game like jim thomas afterwards you just you get out of his way and you let him go that was uh, one of the one of the joys of this job i always liked listening to him breaking things down and we definitely miss him in here on game nights i can tell you that so jim wherever you're at i hope you're hope you're doing well and we're going to finish things off in a moment first i'd like to remind you the akron children's hospital friday night ohio.com game of the week continues in week four friday when green travels to mckinley at 7 p.m the live stream broadcast in partnership with iHeartRadio will be on friday night ohio.com and the friday night ohio.com app and you can find that in all the app stores or wherever you download uh, apps onto your tablets and what other uh, devices. I think refrigerators even now have places you can download apps in some areas. So, you know, if you want to tune in on your Amana side by side, go right ahead. <laughs> But we talked about the weather a little bit, and there were some delays. Three games in the area held up. We mentioned Green. Next week, they're in that game at McKinley. They were hanging tough against Louisville. They're down 35-34 in the third quarter. 
That game resumes at 9 a.m. tomorrow. Joe, are, are you surprised at that one? It definitely caught my attention. Yeah, just because Green had, had you know struggled the week before against Brexville and Louisville was coming off a huge win over Hoover. And, and uh, so I, I figured that, you know, Green could score a couple of touchdowns. But for them to have 34 at this point is pretty impressive. And then Colton Jones is just off to a huge start for Louisville in that game. I think he's got like 350 yards already and they're still in the third quarter. So um, if you have nothing going on tomorrow, I think that'd be a fun game for a lot of people. To start if you're out. up at 9 a.m., which I guarantee you I almost certainly will not be. <laughs> Uh, you can you can head out and catch that we've also got some other games fairless and dalton there's three minutes left in the game fairless leading dalton 41 to 28 a little bit of a surprise there dalton was off to a good start and fairless has hung in some games but hasn't really gotten the results they were looking for so far they may get it tomorrow yeah i don't know exactly where that game's played so at least one team or the other doesn't have to far to travel to play three minutes um you know one thing i noticed is that uh fairless had a lot of problems with uh, turnovers in their opener against sandy valley so uh apparently they've they look like they've uh, shored that up a little bit you know being able to uh erupt for 41 points against Dalton and and be on the brink of uh, what would be a second straight win for them Exactly, and that's a 10 a.m. start on that one, so another early morning game. Finally, we have a 1 p.m. resume tomorrow. Tusla is leading Chippewa 14 to 9. There's only about three minutes left in that game as well. Uh, Briar Marthy looking to give the Mustangs another win there. And what's interesting, I was at McKinley, and I could see like real real far off in the distance some lightning it wasn't anything that like they should delay our game but like there was that a weird band because um you know green gets delayed you know alliance you know gets basically canceled at halftime so like you you know you're kind of lucky tonight if you didn't get you know a lightning delay because i know magador same thing they had all kinds of problems so seemed like the further north you went the mm-hmm. worse it got the cleveland indians also in a big series against the minnesota twins that was also waved off tonight i thought i think the night turned out better than i originally first thought because you know you look at forecasts and you know you're thinking all oh, all this you know rain and lightning and thunder might come you know like around game time so uh you know, to, to, to be only uh, to have, well, the Alliance game was uh, ended early, uh, but to have only three games left to, you know, be played, I think is uh, is pretty good for what they were talking about. I certainly thought it was going to be a bit more dire than that as well, but luckily it's not. Well, unfortunately, we've come to the end of another show here on a Friday night. We'd like to thank you for downloading and listening to the Friday Night Ohio podcast powered by Sarda. Sarda, providing over 5,000 rides a day for work. Sarda provides over 2.4 million rides a year. Sarda takes you to work, school, medical appointments, and more. Sarda. Where can we take you today? This is a podcast from the Canton Repository Sports Department. Look for our next episode sometime midweek, probably Tuesday afternoon. We'll be previewing week four. We'll have everything ready for you. So for Joe Scalzo and Mike Popovich, I'm Cliff Hickman.